The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Oh, I can taste it now. A nice, cold Fieldwork, even though I don't drink anymore. A nice, cold Fieldwork brew and Cody Bellinger playing first base for your Oakland Athletics, you know, opening day. I mean, doesn't he just smell and sound like an Oakland A already? I'm saying center field. Okay, that's fine. We were just trying to allow Pache, Ramon. <laughs> I, wherever we're down, I was just saying, we're, we're thinking Brown. Let's say. Well, I, that's because I like uh, Capel. Okay. So I want to go Capel, Loriano, Bellinger, Brown at first. Where's Pache? Is he in AAA? Ooh, that's fine. That's fine. Bellinger at first. So Capel, who I, you know, hook him horns. I like the Texas and the whole thing. His dad, Roger Clemens. All right, so he's in left. And we'll get Bellinger in center. We'll get Ramon in right. Seth Brown plays first base. I like it. Has he been non-tendered officially or? Is no, that is that today? It's coming That's up. That's the rumor. Yeah, the rumor. It's we're, close. Yeah, we were speculating if, if he's non-tendered. It's possible. But, you know, for me, the Dodgers, you know, one-year deal for, you know, whatever it is, $20 million, $18 million, you know, uh, I don't think that they will will kind of blink at that. You know, they'll just be like, that's our defensive center fielder for next year. And, you know, after that, we're, we'll find somebody else, I guess. I don't I don't know that uh, – I think they'll, they'll tender him. But – and then, you know, if it is the A's – uh, it, there's a question of what the money is because, you know, the arbitration sort of sets a, a level, right? So, you know, he'd be out there looking for a $10, $10 million deal or so. But I guess, you know, the, 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 the A's have done short deals like that yeah. before. It's like Ben Sheets all over again. And, you know, I, I it's so hard Rich to believe. Hill. It's so hard to believe Cody Bellinger was the MVP. You were thinking, well, you're going to have to pay him and Mookie Betts, right? Remember that conversation? <laughs> How far he has fallen. It's crazy. Yeah, I saw some really good analysis by a person that was just hired by the Dodgers after uh, he wrote it about how uh, Bellinger's problem has more to do with his foot than his uh, shoulder, uh, that he hurt his foot recently, and that's uh, changed his swing. But I still, I'm a Cody Bellinger apologist. Like I, I, I still see, you know, I see that in him. He had that level of production. He was an excellent player. And I think, you know, uh, just maybe a fresh voice or a fresh situation, uh, fresh approach. I think you can get it back out of him. He still has a pretty good eye at the plate. And in the past, he's hit the ball really hard. And then, you know, worst case, you know, he gives you good defense. He looks good in that all-white Dodger uniform. He looked good in that all-wedding gown white A's uniform with white cleats. I would love that. All right. You have been checking it out with uh, scouts, and we're talking college baseball. And I, you know, who would have ever thought that your claim to fame would be spider tack and the sticky stuff? But, man, you're on it again. We're still dealing with this. Not only we know we're still dealing with it at the big league level. However, they're doing it, they're doing it. But mm -hmm. now, but they're really doing it at the amateur level. Yeah, you know, uh, I was just down at the Arizona Fall League, and it's one of my favorite places to go at this time of the year because I hang out with a bunch of scouts, you know, and I get to just hear what they're talking about. And you know, you know, I'm the sticky stuff guy, so of course that's going to come up in conversation. And it could be worse. Uh, you could be known for something else. 
Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they they were talking about, uh, you know, they they're, when they're scouting, uh, there was a, a player just picked by the, the Pirates, um, you know, from Yale. And he had like a 2,800 RPM fastball. And the scout had to go around and kind of ask teammates like, hey, does he use, you know, it's cool. I, I'm cool with it if he does, you know, but could you tell me if he uses the spider tech or, you know, do you, have you ever seen him? Because uh, they need to know how legit it is and what he's going to get away with, especially if it is spider tech in particular. That one, I think, has been legislated out of the major league game. So then you have to, you in your appraisal, say he's throwing 2,800 RPM now, but once you take the spider tack away from him, maybe it's going to be more like 2,600 or 2,500. So that's something that you have to put in your appraisal. So it's just a difficult thing because the kids uh, are not being legislated the same way. You know, they're not, they don't have umpires out there checking their hats the same way. Uh, and they want to get noticed by the scouts and everything. So they're, you know, a lot of kids in college are still using uh, the this pine tar and the and the spider tack that uh, the pros used to be using two years ago. So I brought this in copper tone. This is what I use for golf. Put on my face to not get skin cancer. And we've done the whole test, and it's like, uh, what are they doing now? Like, what 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 could they possibly? Because because really, I've done the test with the sunscreen. It doesn't do much. Like what yeah. what 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 are they? What could you possibly be using now? Because like it, everybody wanted to go to Musgrove, but what Musgrove had, look, that looks slick. There's nothing slick that's sticky. So yeah, what, you really need sticky. Yeah, it's sticky, sticky, right? So what's sticky that they could be using that they can still hide? Well, we know that Krinchak is probably using some sort of hair gel. Um, hair gel, I think it's, you know, certain types of hair gels are pretty sticky, you know, especially as they start drying, you know. Uh, and then you take the hair gel that's kind of sticky and you put it in with the rosin. So there's something there. And then also uh, when I was doing back the, the my research for the, the original piece, uh, I was told that uh, future Hall of Famers, a couple of them, were boiling down like Coca-Cola and uh, combining that with the pine tar to get that extra stickiness. Now, what if you just boil down Sprite? Now you got something that's, that's see-through, you know, that you get basically like a like a sugar paste and you've got like, you know, Sprite, you got, you got Sprite along your neck. It's not going to smell like anything. And then if you have, you know, like uh, you have some hand sanitizer on your butt, it won't look like anything because it's clear. So I, I also, in my reporting for that, I'd heard about CBD oil as a, as a possible uh, use because it was sticky and it was clear. So the, the real thing is now is just come up with something that's sticky and clear and can, you can get off in time for the inspection. Well, lemon lime Sprite, it, are we now going to see umpires going up and sniffing guys? <laughs> sniffing because we've already about. seen them rubbing the hair. We're going to sniff them. And if I smell lemon lime, this guy, <laughs> is he using Sprite or is he using 7-Up? Something's wrong here. No, but I, you know, the, the, the generally the thing that was so difficult at the fall league uh, that everyone was talking about is, you know, how many changes are coming to the game this year and seem to be happening every year and how to scout for that and what to sort of anticipate. For example, you know, I've looked into this before about the shifting. So next year you can't have your, uh, your short stop on the second base side of the bag and the second baseman can't be standing out on the, on the grass. I looked at it and on the player level, it looks like, 
maybe this guy gets six extra hits. This guy gets 10 extra hits. Maybe one guy gets 15 extra hits. Um, I thought it wouldn't be that big a deal on the player level. Um, but you can find certain examples. Uh, I was cited an example of Anthony Rizzo possibly going from being a 230 hitter to being a 255 hitter just based on not having the shift. So that's a pretty big jump. And then I talked to uh, a person who works for a team that ran the numbers and said, we're going to get an extra run per game out of this. Now that's a lot of little hits adding up. If we just went, if we went from last year's runs per game, you know, four and a half or whatever, five, and we just added one to it in one year, that would be the biggest jump year over year in run environment, like ever in the history of baseball. So the, <laughs> there are some people out here being like, eh, it's a nothing burger. You know, don't worry about it. It's, you know, a couple of guys would get a couple more hits, whatever. And then we have uh, another person out here saying, no, 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 this is going to be the biggest change year over year in, in league history. And that on top of the fact that we get a new ball every year, we have the spider tack enforcement, you know, it's just become very, I think, very difficult to, to scout players. Think about um, automatic balls and strikes. You're looking, you know, I was talking to guys this week, Dr. Matt Mervis, who's a big uh, prospect for the Cubs. He, he turned his, uh, career out around this last year and he might be the first baseman of the Cubs next year. And I said, you know, uh, at, you know, you have this like walk rate goes up and down. What's going on with that? Um, and he said, well, you know, as you go up in the minor leagues, the, the, the umpire gets better. Right. So I can actually swing less as I go up in the minor leagues because I know the umpire will actually call it a ball. Right. He said, some nights I get to the park, I see who the umpire is and I know I have to swing. Right. So think about you're a scout and you're sitting in there and you're like, ah, Matt Mervis has no idea where the strike zone is. He just swung it that thing and that thing and that thing. You write in your report, eh, inconsistent eye. I don't know if he's really got the plate discipline that we're looking for. Right. And then the next night, the good umpire is there and Matt Mervis is like, all right, I can let that one go. So <laughs> just think about how hard that is in the now we've got maybe automated balls and strikes coming or uh, th there's a new thing that they've been doing, which is um, players can, players can, uh, uh, can like uh, basically challenge. Yeah. And I talked to a scout and he said they, they performed an internal survey where they asked all their players, would you rather have status quo automated balls and strike or the challenge system? And last place was robo like on automated balls and strike. That was last place tied for first was um, status quo and the challenge system. So that's why you're starting to hear that it's more likely that we're going to get the challenge system than we are going to get fully automated balls and strikes. So I, I think that's interesting because it still rewards framers on the catching end and it's, and it rewards hitters that have a good sense of the zone that can say, no, 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 that was, that was a ball. Check it. Okay. So, I love the idea of the challenge. That would bring interest. Now, we don't want to make the game longer. Uh, is this a challenge? It, would the process be different. I, the, it's gonna be different. I, the hitter, get the challenge? Or does it have to come from the dugout? Uh, it's the, it has, I think it's on the field. And from what I understand, it's on the field. And the hitter or the pitcher uh, or catcher, right? Those are, those are the people that do it. And instead of going off to the side and be like, oh, New York, what do we got here? Do you want to look at it from five different angles? I don't know. Right? Yeah. Is it, do we got something? It's not that. They throw it up on the screen and everybody sees it. Ooh, I love that. 
I kind of like that. I and it's like over. that drama. And yeah. it's just they all look up and oh, that was a ball. Okay, ball but team. there's got to be a penalty when you get a challenge wrong. I think it's just a limited number of challenges. Okay, because I was so thinking like about just like like from a from a coach's standpoint, and not to pick on anybody, but I'll use our team. In the you just challenge over and over again. <laughs> in, in the in the first inning, if it's V Mal Machine at the plate, I'm not challenging anything. <laughs> but in the eighth inning with two runners on and Seth Brown at the plate, now I'm challenging. Yeah. So they I think there is like I think it's like three or five or something. I think it's three. And you have a limited number of challenges. So there will be some gamesmanship about when to do the challenge. You know, you also it also keeps you from like constantly checking uh you know challenging on like oh and you know you know just like early counts early in the game where it's just not much leverage yeah you want to keep one for the ninth inning in case there's a really bad call there or if you're in a high leverage inning like bases loaded sixth inning Seven, I, six, I, yeah, yeah, yeah i want i want to have that uh yeah. i'm in for all that 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 to me i'm in that sounds fascinating back to that run per game uh i don't fear that because we had it in hockey when they wanted to get – they got rid of the, 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 the trap and they wanted more goals, didn't hurt the game, more touchdowns don't hurt the game. Steph, mm. Steph Curry and the, uh, and the Warriors hitting more threes hasn't hurt the game. I One more – little more excitement, little more ball in play, I, I don't think hurts the game. So, for you, if, like, if strikeouts go down and runs go up, that's okay. Yes. But if strikeouts keep going up and runs keep going up, eh. Well, if you're telling me if, there, if runs go up, that means there's more action. Right, okay. Because you can't get runs without action. Maybe we can just out outrun the strikeout problem. <laughs> I don't I, – are we ever getting rid of that? I, I, I think it's velocity. And so I don't know what you do about velocity. The other thing – the only thing is, you know, we'll see if the pitch clock does anything. But there was some look at this in the minor leagues, and they said, no, velocity didn't really go down. So if velocity doesn't go down from the pitch clock, the only other thing you have is the bound. We're gonna move it back. We've done it. Yeah, we've done it before. We've moved it down. Are we gonna move it back? <clears throat> and and moving it back does change the like the way shapes work, right? Yeah. Like the breaking ball gravity. has like, more you can't change the gravity. Ball has, and the breaking ball has more time to like break, right? So it could it could lead to just much more breaking balls. What if you move the mound back and suddenly everyone's 50-50 sliders? <laughs> it's all 50% sliders. Yeah, it would change. I mean, we're not even throwing fastballs now. Right. It's already almost 30% sliders. Move the mound up? No. <laughs> now everything's 107, but you're not going to get a breaking balls. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, think about these conversations where you're trying to say, okay, we're getting more. We're getting more breaking balls and fastballs. Fastballs are harder than ever before. Think tank. Everybody come together. What do we do? Because we're not getting enough contact. We need more contact. More balls put in play. So, more entertainment. Yeah. I think baseball is thinking that way, and I think what they're doing right now is trying everything but the mound. Right? <laughs> they're like, we'll do the pitch clock. You know, we'll we'll do these different things. But I mean, even the three the, the three uh, guy rule was sort of about this, right? If you just got a guy to come in and just face one batter, like a reliever that can just face one batter, he can throw as hard as he can. If he has to face three, he has to, you know, throw a little bit less. Uh, you know, like the the A's have a guy who was killing it down there, is on a fall league. Mason Miller is down there, 
And uh, he had a labor issue this year, so he only got, you know, like 14 innings. I said seven. He's like 14. I'm like, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah, you <laughs> insulted him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's uh, Oh, I didn't know your I didn't know your Cal Ripken. It was fourteen. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but he was throwing one hundred and two uh, regularly. He was sitting sitting. You know, he was putting one hundred and twos up regularly in his appearances in the fall league. And that's the think about like we used to think Joel Joel Zamaya like when he got to hundred, we were like, oh, it was like Zumaya. I remember I was at a game in Detroit and he was hitting a hundred, and they put it up on the board, and there were these flames, and everyone was like, woo. You know, now a hundred is like Camilo Doval is like sitting a hundred, you know, yeah. class A is sitting a hundred and we got Mason Miller down the Arizona fall league sitting a hundred and hitting 102. Uh, so there's some question about him, whether he's a reliever or starter, but that's, that's, that's true for everybody in the game right now. You know, can you be a reliever for five innings and then you can be a starter? Hard to say, you know, cause you know, we're trying to obviously figure out when is a guy going to be ready when he's not going to be ready. Like Geloff ready i think sold us from basically ready this guy mm-hmm. hasn't played but he's throwing 102 i don't know much how much you have to play if you're throwing 102 uh you know you just have to decide the question is is if he's gonna be a starter or not if you think with the injuries and with the repertoire it's mostly fastball cutter maybe cutter slider if you think you know it's not going to really have a third or fourth pitch then why why spend his bullets in the minor leagues you know you know, I just now it's it's in my head thinking about moving the mound back. Um, <laughs> anytime you get a hit, give a hitter, it's rhythm and timing, right? And it's mm-hmm. about seeing it and reacting. Anytime you give a hitter, I don't care what you're throwing, whatever pitch you can have. What was that guy played for the Red Sox with the gyro ball, dice game? That's dice game months. Yeah, gyro right? ball or what? I don't care if you're throwing the gyro ball. Well, it's funny because if you throw the gyro ball, it looks boring. Doesn't do anything. It's kind of a zero zero pitch. It's just like this. But it was that's different. Lance Lynn says he throws five fastballs. One of them's a BP fastball. Why does it work? Because everyone's keyed up for three four miles an hour harder. Well, anytime I give a hitter that much longer to see it, that it, too, it makes yeah. it better for a hitter. So if I move it back, and that's a little more gravity. You can't take gravity away from the planet, so that's a little more <laughs> gravity and a little more time for the hitter's eyes to see it and react. Maybe that's what we really need to start. And I don't know where you start it because they're obviously the first thing they're gonna they're gonna say is injuries. We're worried about injuries moving this back, but that may be the next step is to move the mound back. Yeah, you know, people like to talk about um, you know launch angle swings creating strikeouts and it's this obsession with power and that's why we have uh, all these strikeouts you know i'm going to write about this but they're right and they're wrong it's not because of the mechanics of the swing it's not because you have a loopy swing or any of that it's because power lives out in front of the of the plate that's where power lives and in order to get to the ball out in front of the plate you have to start earlier right if you have to start earlier you have to commit earlier right and if you have to start earlier and the guy's throwing 100 then you have to start even earlier right and you have to commit even earlier and that's leading to more strikeouts so it's the combination of velo and yes trying to hit for power but you're never going to stop players from trying to throw it that fast or from trying to hit for power it's in the game those things are good (laughs) here here is the problem and this is this is this is the problem. And I'm not trying to be the smartest guy in the room, but here is the problem. We're asking baseball coaches 
questions that they don't have answers to because this is a neuroscience thing. This is the human brain. This is your Mm -hmm. eyes. What do your eyes see? What do your eyes now tell your brain? What does your brain tell your body to do? Whether you're uppercut, chopping down, level swing, no matter what, it's the decision-making process that's coming in between the ears. That's something you can't teach. That's something you can't find on a data sheet. That's something you can't scout. We can't set. We can't scout the internal brain and the decision-making of each individual human brain. Oh, they're trying to. But you can't. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, we would all found Joe Montana. Why does Joe no, Montana? They're, they're, they're trying to figure it out. That There's definitely advances in, in neuroscience tests. And, you know, the uh, so Mookie Betts, for example, uh, has a really great sense of the zone, swing decisions, contact ability. Um, he was part of a program with the Red Sox where they all had them on a computer computer program just being like fastball, slider, fastball, slider, like just basically trying to like see things where they just like see a, like a half second of a pitch and then they have to decide what it was. And they tested all their guys internally and they Mookie Betts scored the best out of everyone. And that was part of why they just kept advancing him and they and they believed in him because he so there is some neuro scouting. But I think you're right that there is something in there that's so fast, because even when I asked Mookie Betts, I said, what do you see when you're at the plate? What do you what are you looking for? Like, what do you see? And he says, man, I can't tell you. I don't know. I can't put words to it. I'm I'm seeing the pitch and reacting yeah. to it, but I can't tell you, you know, some other guys were like, Ooh, I, I see some spin. I see some colors, man. I think, I think the truth is it's midbrain stuff. You know what I mean? It's like the, the lizard brain. It's like, it, it, it's too fast. There's no way you, you don't put words to it because it's not a words thing. Words take a, a second to think up and, and, and put a word, attach a word to it. When you're looking at a pitch and reacting to it, there's no words. You don't think fastball. You just say, go <laughs> so uh there is something to what you're saying i think and then and then you know if there is if there is stuff that we can't figure out and there are are there limits to that if if, if everyone's throwing 110 mile an hour fastball is there just nothing we can do would is there a limit to how fast the brain can react and if there's 110 mile an hour fastball out there is everyone just going to strike out 35 percent of the time well, so, I mean, I think these are these are great questions that we don't really have the answers to. Yeah, it, it's it, it's pretty when you look around sports. We were just used to the biggest, strongest, fastest guys. And they're just it's just the way it is. Right. Guys have better DNA. But mm-hmm. if you if, if you take someone like Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, six, six, I can find you a bazillion six, six guys in the NBA who can't play like Michael Jordan. What's Steph Curry, six, three? Well, why can't everybody? So everybody can do. Why can't everybody do what Steph Curry does? I mean, look at Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady this wonder athlete that there's something about the? You can take Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas. Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas aren't big dudes. Why? Why can they do it and everybody else can't? It's not like you have like. It's not like it's Wilt Chamberlain and Wilt Chamberlain was just by far the better athlete than everybody else. And no, I think a Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, right? Change the rules. They had to change. Shaq was so big, they had to change the rules. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? That what? Wayne Gretzky's my size. 
How is this guy the greatest <laughs> hockey? So there's something that's inside. And I mean, you, you talk to neurosurgeons, you know, the study of the brain. We only even use so much of our brain. That's right. the next level stuff that I don't, I mean, that that's the tough thing. I mean, how, how can I be sitting there at a high school game and I don't know, Chandler, Arizona, saying this is the next great, great baseball player because of his mind. And I think this is why uh, any team that's cutting their scouting department or not listening to their scouts is missing out because I think the scouts have a chance of catching that. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a, there's just a, for another human being to like watch them and say, this person has it, you know, or this person, you know, you know, there's something different about this player. I think you're more likely to maybe catch that with another human being looking at him than just looking at him in the numbers, you know? Because if you look at Mookie Betts in the numbers, even the stuff that he did that was really interesting in the minor leagues, like he, uh, like he, he struck out less than he walked, right? You can still find other guys that struck out less than he, than they walked in the minor leagues and get all excited about it. They go, he's the next Mookie Betts, and none of them are going to be Mookie Betts. Or you could be like the scouts in Moneyball, uh, the movie where he says he's got an ugly girlfriend. What does that mean? It's got no confidence. Got an ugly girlfriend. What's that? Mean? Ugly girlfriend means no confidence. See, or or you can or you can do that. What's that mean? Or you you can do I've that. I've got a friend. I've got a friend who traded away Michael Kopech because because uh, his girlfriend was like crazy on on uh, social media. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. He, and and what's crazy about it? My friend Ian Khan, who works at the Athletic. He's super successful and he's the opposite of me where I'm, I'm like, you know, all about the numbers. He starts with the numbers, but then he will, he's willing to like, he looks at Jason Dominguez and he said, that guy's got it. That guy is the next Mike Trout. I don't care what the numbers say. Like that guy, I will do anything to get that guy on my team. And so he'll go out and do that. And I'll be like, I don't know. He's kind of big. The numbers aren't that great, you know? <laughs> so I, I, I always tend towards like veterans and people who've displayed it before. And he's like, you know, I'm going to trade away Michael Kopech because his girl, girlfriend seems crazy. I'm just saying <laughs> his girlfriend is a six at best. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, when you're down there, cause obviously you go down there for info. I mean, you're like at, you're, you're like Columbo. You're an investigator. You're going to, and by the way, the kids out there look it up. Google Columbo. Um, it was a great. T- it was a great TV show back in the day. Uh, what else you got? What was down there? You're down there. You're talking to all these scouts. What else really uh, hit you that you may not be able to write about? Yeah, you know Jordan Walker is the the big jewel of the class down there. Uh, I thought he looked stiff, and I had like I had like a weird scouting reaction to him. Was like I don't I don't know if I believe. Like I think he's going to strike out a lot more than people think, and. Uh, I wasn't that into him. The other Who's thing that was interesting, uh, Jordan Walker with the Cardinals. Yeah. Outfielder. Um, the other thing that was interesting to me was they had um, one of the, the first ever home run derby in the Arizona fall league. And it's, that's weird because uh, the Arizona fall league is for scouting, right? It's a, it's a kind of about scouting. It's about putting these players in a position for every team to see them. Um, and either they get traded or they end up on a major league roster next year. It's like finishing school. It's like that last bit that you're going to do. And uh, I, I thought that a home run derby would have absolutely no value uh, to a scout. You know, <laughs> Like here's a bunch of guys just trying to swing for the fences. Uh, but there was, there were some interesting, interesting things to, to spot like uh, Eduardo Julian, who's like a, a second baseman for the twins. 
he was in it and it was weird because he's not really a big power hitter and all of his hits were uh he's a he was a lefty they were all to left center so i was like i was like he's not gonna be a big power hitter he's like an opposite field guy uh but just watching how excited everybody was for the home run derby it outsold i think the all-star game uh down there and it was uh the most well-attended game that i was down there for uh made all the scouts mad (laughs) 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 they were like i hate the home run derby and i was like dude people love home run derbies yeah it's okay it's fine it's fine to love a home run derby they have a commercial Glavin and Maddox, McGuire, <laughs> yeah, right? right? Yeah. Chicks dig the long ball. It's still one of the greatest commercials where they're working out, trying to – they didn't care about, I got four Cy Youngs. It's one of the great commercials of all time. They they uh, dig the long ball. I can't believe that's it. I can talk I, – you come back. You come back from, like, a mission like this, you've got so much information. It's amazing. Oh, I mean, there's there was so much – there was more, yeah. Like, there was an 18-year-old kid who looked like he was 38, uh, Aniel de los Santos, <laughs> who's like the first baseman for the uh, first baseman for the um, the Diamondbacks, and I had a scout tell me he is not a baseball player, and then and then uh, he went into the home run derby and hit a ball 117, you know, out of the the ballpark, <laughs> which doesn't mean that he's necessarily a baseball player with a capital B and capital P, but you know, like it was just an interesting moment to to, to watch this guy who they say doesn't make good decisions on the field and doesn't have a defensive home and isn't really a baseball player. But if he hits 117, people are going to be interested. And he looks 38. (laughs) Yes. It's like, no way that guy's 18. What is going on? (laughs) Wow. I mean, that's kind of harsh to be saying a a guy at 18 doesn't have a shot. At 18. It was one of the harshest appraisals I'd ever heard. Just. I mean, not a baseball player. <laughs> I mean, he's like fresh. I mean, where, where is he from? Uh, I think Dominican. That's just not fair. I mean, he's like, just, <laughs> if he was here, he's just getting done with prom, and you're like already saying he doesn't have a shot. And he hits 117, but, I, you know, it could also just be like future DH, you know, basically. Which that's still not going to be in play. People do not. They, they want don't want to scout and groom for that. No, right? I I don't see that coming anytime soon, if ever. Well, because the, you know what happens over the course of your career is you go and you play worse and worse positions. You go down the defensive spectrum. Everybody is like a short, like all the stars were shortstops. It's like Manny Machado, shortstop, third base. You know, maybe he plays first base eventually. It's it's just what you do as you get older. So if you start at DH when you're 18 slash 38, there's nowhere to go after that. <laughs> All right, but we play as close. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. What are you drinking now that it's getting chilly? I'm going to Fieldwork, and I'm going to go get myself at least one stout. And uh, a couple double IPAs. It's uh, it's his the season for the higher alcohol content. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, why is that? <laughs> you got you're not going anywhere, and it's cold. <laughs> you got to get that alcohol warm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're just like I want I want stronger. I want way stronger. That's yeah. <laughs> it's interesting how that works and thicker. Yeah, and it's okay to fall asleep on the couch. Everyone's around the couch anyway. That's a great point. Great stuff. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll be reading you on The Athletic.
Peace. The great Eno Saris right here. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.